explain, can you explain why Bitcoin is such an attractive financial tool? Because it is somewhat anonymous, not fully, and because you can move money instantaneously. So the one thing we can count on is Bitcoin goes forward in the year 2024. Fifteen seconds. Guiding the words of the doors. Twelve, eleven, ten. The time to hesitate nine. is through. Ignition sequence stop. We choose to go to the moon Five, in this decade four, and do the other three, thing, not two, because they are one, easy, but because zero. they are hard. All engine running. <laughs> Rob Brindad, how you going, man? I'm good, DJ. Very, very good. Looking forward to chatting. Oh man, I've been looking forward to chatting without revealing too much of my um, my personal predilections. Uh, you gave a talk uh, in in Riga last year, I think, at the Baltic Honey Badger, and I was watching uh, either the live stream or the playback. I can't remember, but your talk came along, and you're talking about hamster wheels and um, leaning into one leg and uh adjusting your uh talking about you, you there was like a football play that you mentioned who was playing for a particular club and uh you know yeah. you got them to to think about like what was it like the the best sex they've ever had or something <laughs> like, that's right yeah man, that's right this is yeah. this is someone i need to 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 reach out to and 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 try and uh understand uh their experience and how they discovered Bitcoin and how it all interrelates. Um, and of course, you've got yeah. your podcast too, uh, which we can mention at some point, and I'll put that in the show notes. But all that is to say, I'm kind of fanboying out a little bit uh, just because of uh, your contributions to a particular football club that uh, I'm a big fan of. And people can do the due diligence or the proof of work to figure out what that is if they care. If they don't care, keep going. Um, but Anyway, it's just, um, man, it's a, it's a huge privilege to be able to chat to you and, and also to just sort of unpack some of your, uh, your concepts and experiences in and around decentralized mind. I think there's a, there's a, there's a mind, body, spirit uh, rabbit hole that I'm currently journeying down as well. So I think there's a lot of overlap and I guess most importantly, and the reason why we're here is to understand your experiences with Bitcoin and, and how you discovered it. So. With that sort of ambling yeah. preamble <laughs> out of the way, which I don't normally do, so I must be fucking nervous. Yeah. How did you discover Bitcoin? Oh, um, uh, I, I kind of wrote a note just down because uh, when when, uh, when I go too broad in my, my when my mind starts going, um, uh, sometimes I can I can um, um, you know, it gets away from me. So I just wrote body, mind, spirit is kind of what you said. Right. Um, and uh, the interesting thing is with Bitcoin, I think I was um, prepping myself in my understanding for it uh, much earlier. Not that I'm, uh, I was early into Bitcoin, but just through my journey. So with that football club is where I started to really go down the rabbit hole with the body. So you mentioned, um, that I got a player to think about a kind of a, a positive reinforcing thought, uh, which isn't necessarily always the best sex because sex can trigger a, a sort of a weakening thought in mm. a lot of people, yeah. funnily enough. But with him, it seemed to work. And so I took him from a very 
out of balance position on, on some scales to absolutely bang on uh, centered. And it was such an extraordinary, I was kind of setting up in a scientific experiment and he came up as eight kilos heavier on one leg and it threw the whole medical team that was watching because it was such a huge um, position to be out, you know, to be out of balance. And he's such a high level player. And when, and, and maybe the doctor or others thought, well, it's just an asymmetry mm-hmm. and that it's how his body functions best. And when, when uh, I got him to think about that best sex, um, that he balanced out perfectly. So in, at that time, I was naive to how influential the mind and emotions are on the body, but I, I got him perfectly balanced. So this asymmetry was gone. And then I asked him to think about the worst moment of his life. And, you know, obviously he picked that one out really quickly, as most people do. Yeah because it's so painful and he moved to even further out of position out of out of balance and 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 interesting enough i i looked at everyone around me and there was a complete cognitive dissonance their, their eyes when when you talk to someone let's say uh, i'm going to jump around a bit okay yeah, <laughs> if you talk to someone it, about the money printer yesterday i was with someone and they were saying oh the house prices are too much in madeira and i and i started talking about well it's the the money printer and assets and da 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 and the her eyes did exactly the same as the medical team <laughs> like that she just <laughs> faded out because her yeah. mind wasn't ready to um, accept that knowledge, which would throw their whole framework of reality. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and so it comes, so I, I was at Chelsea and I was working with the body and everything that I was working around with the body. So that threw me down the rabbit hole of, oh shit, the mind affects the body. And I'd spent my whole life thinking it was just the body. So uh, I, that threw my whole framework of this almost mechanistic view of the body um, to a much more complex uh, system. Uh, Also with the body, I was um, working with the body to try uh, and not shape it and control it using my mind. So I was using prompts to support the system, but without, so let's say someone was doing a lunge or a squat, I'd get them to uh, move their hand in a certain direction, which switched on a particular area of the body to help that body feel safer uh, and to perform better, but without telling them to do it. And that that already there is a little bit of, um, if you look at the collective or, or the statist view mm-hmm. of trying to shape our behavior and shape the economy by moving all these levers. It, it's there's a um, um, there's a huge similarity there. So I was starting to realize that the more I tried to shape the body using my mind and my logic, the more I created problems. And the more I got out of the way, the body and allowed the body to do like a free market to just subtly, um, you know, someone would say free market, you get the hell out, hell away. I, I, I can't just stand there and do nothing with the player. I had to just very subtly add uh, another a muscle group to aid it to remember what it was supposed to be doing yeah um, okay. and so when if if you you see and 
and so that my work was developing in that way. And then, of course, the um, I, I started to go into other things that can affect the body from inside, you know, from the mind or from outside influences. When I went down the rabbit hole, if you think like of- at that time. Yeah, please. I was just going to say, if you think of like that analogy using extending that analogy of the free market and sort of stepping out of the way, but yet introducing certain things, it's kind of like Mises talks about felt uneasiness. And that's what, um, you know, is the instigator of human action is to sort of satisfy that felt uneasiness. You could potentially be introducing some sort of friction or tension or, you know, felt uneasiness into the player in order to get them to initiate some sort of action which would help bring them back into homeostasis or balance is that or am i just way off base no 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 no, that's exactly it it's what 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 i'm always trying to do is so with the player is to help them to understand that there's something not quite right without telling them so if if you um I like, uh, I'm going to jump jujitsu. I like jujitsu. And the best way to learn and for children to learn is not to be told because you're taking away their opportunity to learn for themselves. Hmm. And so with jujitsu, like I learn when I make a mistake because it hurts or, or I'm like, oh, fuck, I did that thing again. And if the, if the coach then comes in and says, you need to do this, 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 this move, I'm not learning that. He's, He's asking me to memorize. And, and so that brings in that centralized control, memorize this. But that's not how we learn. We learn through observation of ourselves and mistakes. Pain. So, and, and, and to a certain degree, well, some sort of discomfort and pain. Yeah. yeah. Pathomata, um, Brazilian or something, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So coming, uh, coming back to working with the body, uh, I realized, uh, and, and every day I realize more, sort of that compounding effect was that um, the more I told, I used to tell, like many, many years ago, I used to tell, I remember there was Arjun Robin, I'd say, keep that knee straight. And now looking back, what I was, uh, that was cor- incorrect. But I was also introducing his mind, which is very, very simple, into the most complex of systems that I have no idea what's going on i i can so me telling him to do that is conscious control that mm-hmm. ruins the body right. you're, you're you're adding in uh and, and it's like adding um government into free markets yeah it's the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation uh you talking about how children don't learn as effectively if they're being told what to do and you set up some sort of boundary but whereas if they can sort of go out and do the action get the feedback and then iterate as required so 100 percent, right it's iteration iteration um and so what what i want to do is create the environment for the body to work efficiently without with as little input as as is possible um, and children, I mean, that's a whole, you know, my wife is setting up a, an unschooling uh, big uh, project built on Bitcoin here in Madeira, cool. uh, like an unschooling community. Yeah, very cool. And the more I've looked at it, I, that's been a rabbit hole. I always thought children had to learn by being taught. Um, in, in fact, they, you want them to learn by 
understanding and observe observation from their own enjoyment when you start to add a shaping effect because i think my daughter should be learning maths now you're there's a they're not free no so there's self-directed learning i mean that's kind of what the waldorf school and self-directed does exactly exactly self-directed and uh just if we come back to the the club um in every aspect it's reflected you know there's a you know the part in the whole is is when when i would go and watch the manager i remember he came in you know the one we were talking about before um before we went live there was jose i mean let's just say it i mean i'm a massive chelsea fan everyone there you go (laughs) (laughs) so jose came in and he came in with a system it was i think he it was called complete football and he'd studied with bobby robson but the van was it van gaal um that dutch whole football or something oh total football it's really total football if you look at it it's kind of um free market football yeah and and uh i went out onto the training pitch and jose and uh, i i can i'm right there right now so i'm at the one end of the pitch i'm near the right standing next to ruri Faria, the fitness coach and jose is very close and the other um coaches are fanned out on the side and there's i think steve clark was there as well and the 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 training session was quite simple First of all, there was no real warm-up, which is running in a straight line, mm-hmm. which is uh, old-school science, taking science, um, scientific papers that were done on long-distance runners and applying them to a multi-directional high-intensity sport. And, and so the medicalization, the science encroachment into football was uh, detrimental, in my opinion. And, and caused huge problems. And so he came in and smashed them out. It was, it was quite shocking. It was like uh, freedom, max, like a Bitcoin maximalist. It was, it was toxic to them, this encroachment. And I didn't understand it at the time. Does that make sense? You know, this yeah. medicalization, like they needed to control the heart rates. And heart rates, there's some, um, you know, loading and everything. there's some things that you want to uh, track with football, especially the amount of impact is going through the player's body, which they they look at now. But this idea of heart rates and um, and, and based on uh, like a doing, mean or a median average, or, or like, and 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 probably dare I say 100%. models, like you're not meeting the yeah. models that we've got in our computer system. <laughs> you know? No, and and the the old system is like I work with French fitness coaches, Italian fitness coaches. It was so old school. You you know you ate about a bowl of pasta, and then you'd run. Um, you know, you've run 30 <laughs> minutes, long distance running. Um, and so he came and smashed that. And so what you've got all the players, like um, when, when, for someone who's not interested in football, I'm not actually that interested in football at all. I never watch <laughs> it. But if you can imagine the best players in the position, maybe doubled. So they had um, Frank Lampard, uh, Claude McAlele, um, oh, I'm going into players now. Um, Essien, um, Balak, mm. um, you know, just loaded of the, the, the most expensive players in the world, whatever. Uh, you, they're all superstars mm. on, on the pitch and they're all fighting each other because the pressure 
the the game is just you allow one two. Let's say it was a two touch game, and then he changed the rule, or he put a player in in the middle who would have a bib on, and he he'd suddenly go um, uh, a floating player opposite team like to change sides. So under extreme wow. pressure of skill, they'd have to. Um, he was training their minds to adapt. No way. The the oh my god the intensity. <laughs> Players were getting um, like flying, getting the the uh, when I say flying, like uh, hard tackling. Everyone yeah. was on it, and then the ball rolled out on the side. And I've been in I, at that time. I've been in football many years, and and you, someone would run over and get the ball and then throw it back in. And so the ball rolled over, and the one of the coaches, the Portuguese, kind of trotted over, and Jose screamed at him. Wow! Fucking get the ball back in! Like the pressure on the coach, I was shocked. Even now, my hairs go up. Yeah. I was like, "Holy fuck!" He's not playing around here. So what happened was the ball came off. So there's a drop in pressure, and he didn't want that. And so he screamed at him. He said, "Get the! I want the ball straight back on. No downtime." And you saw the players' eyes. His eyes were like big. You know, they, they were just being, scared. Uh, Fear. Yeah, tightened. Tight yeah, but shaped. Right. So I mean I'm I'm watching The Last Dance again at the moment. Such a great documentary with Michael Jordan. Oh yeah. He pressured he was a bit of an asshole, but he created this diamond team that that won. So that competition at that level, uh, we could get into how healthy it is, you know, like uh it, it it's what it is, but that that type of individual then may have certain problems in other areas of life. Um, but that's yeah, for that's, another I mean, conversation. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, like Jordan would just make everything in his life a competition. Like everything. 100%. Everything. He'd just be out all yeah. night, you know, smoking cigars and drinking, and then he'd show up for golf and do 18 holes or whatever it was, and it was nothing to To, to win. Just to, to win. To compete. Yeah, and to crush whoever was just opposite. Exactly. Basically. Yeah, in in fact, the a client I spoke with, with working with yesterday was very is very similar, and we actually, I used that analogy, and he actually used the word destroy. Wow! So he said he likes to destroy, um, and it, it's just to bring in the complexity of the body mind uh, is if you look at Jordan in that interview, you can see that he he weaponized anger. And and protect, uh, maybe bitterness, but definitely anger. He was he would find someone to be angry with and then prove them wrong, destroy them. He did it again and again. Any player that was uh, the head, um, the Steve, Jerry was looking to bring on board, he'd destroy in the game, per, to, like purposely to as a vendetta. Yeah. So he talks that language of anger. And now, if you look at him now, uh, and you look at the whites of his eyes, they're very brown. I don't know if you noticed. No, like his, I can't say the I whites. Have, but... So he's jaundiced. That comes from the liver, and the the liver. When you start getting down into how the mind affects the body, anger affects the liver. The Chinese knew this thousands of years ago. Wow. Um, current science uh, in mitochondrial health. The top researcher, um, he he's set up a clinic in 
that the, an American researcher set up a clinic in China because he thinks the mitochondrial system is or are the meridians. Oh. And so when I look at Jordan, if you, so I like pattern recognition. So I, I, I'm like, this guy's angry a lot. He uses anger a lot as his driving force, but that's toxic. It's uh, like a fuel that burns very strongly, but has a, has a side effect always. Right. And his side effect affects his liver. And so usually people who have a lot of anger drink to try and balance out the energy of their liver. Huh. And so if I'm working with, if I'm working with someone with a, a, an alcohol problem, it's not alcohol that's the problem. They use that to get out of their minds, to free themselves from the anger, hamster, like the hamster wheels that are spinning around anger or spitting out anger. And so that's my, so I'll work on the reasons why they drink, which is usually because there's a lot of anger, which comes from deep down um, belittled children. Or, or children that are trying to, you know, that have developed a, a coping mechanism to to become extremely high achievers. So it was interesting with Michael Jordan, like looking at his liver, like his liver's um, going to be swollen because of that, and and therefore his the sclera in the whites of his eyes are, are very very jaundiced. Wow, it's it's, it's like those stresses appear as clues elsewhere in the body and if you're an observant 100%. individual you can you can connect those dots together because it is all 100%. interoperable right we're an interoperable species and uh, yes this, it's all it's all Complex connected systems. as one it's a giant ecosystem yes. medical 100 percent. and so uh the med the medical world or the the science the, they use the logical mind so when you have pain in the knee you operate on the knee. For me, the knee is a symptom of somewhere else in the body. There's something that is out of whack. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've shown that if they, they, do, they did this big experiment where they did surgery on, like, there's a thousand people. They did surgery, knee surgery on half of them. And they, I'm, I might be butchering this research, but it's something around like this. They did half of them, they did an actual surgery on, knee, on the knee. And the other half, they pretended to do the surgery. And the people they pretended to do the surgery on got better. They, and the, the ones that had the operation had um, loads of problems. Okay. So it, it's much more complex than we think. And then if we bring it back to your point, DJ, that, uh, you know, Bitcoin, you, you can see that um, people think that poverty, you know, is because of the rich. You know, the rich, uh, they, we need to tax them more. And these simplistic views but the more bitcoiners start looking at the complex system of money and then value exchange etc you start to realize that that's just a symptom and uh, delinquency and suicide they're all symptoms of um, a system a, a centralized system that is breaking down yeah you know and it, it, it's the the parallels with my work and bitcoin it was inevitable that I would you know, discover Bitcoin. Can you remember that first touch point then? And how long did I, it take you to connect those dots together and <laughs> interrelate them? Yeah. Venn diagram uh, style. <laughs> yeah. Um, great, great question. Uh, I think um, when, my, when my daughter was born seven, seven years ago, um, I realized that 
uh, around or just before she was born, I started to realize that shit. I'm I'm gonna have a child that I need to look after, and my uh, my money had my understanding of money, and I knew that uh, it was an area that was very shadow. Like I didn't really take any interest in money or value, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, I I got my horse. I said this is the most important area for me to understand is money. So I started reading all the books on money. Um, uh, I, I remember like I was in Germany at the time. It was like Anthony Robbins book, Unshakable, mm-hmm. um, all these different types of, and a podcast on money and investing. And so what I understood was I needed to put my energy there um, because value, my, my understanding of value and how valuable it was and valuing things was <clears throat> completely conditioned, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and it was, it wasn't correct because the amount of money I had was at a certain level and I couldn't go any higher. Um, so I knew if I just put my energy into it and learned, then the right information, I would attract the right information. That's just the way I've always experienced life. So I knew that the teacher would come. Yeah, I, I just needed to put the energy in. It, it's that's how the universe works. You put the energy in, it's gonna, it, it will come. However, you know, if you're religious or spiritual, it's just <clears throat> if you observe, that's that's how. And, and now I understand that your frame, you create your reality through your frames, and and I know that to be true. So I don't, I don't need to persuade anyone. It's just my own ob- observation. So I was doing all the study, and then I got invited. <clears throat> by one of my clients to Hong Kong and then to Koh Samui for his, uh, I think it was his uh, either, I think it was a uh, like a birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, high net worth individuals, you know, billionaires and, and stuff like that. Uh, not that I gave a shit about that, but it was just mm-hmm. high net worth individuals. And I met my f- a good friend who was a poker, professional poker player and investor and the smart, one of the smartest people I, I know. and. I know smart people go to him for advice. He, he's uh, yeah, right. an incredible mind. So he's that type of guy. So I, I remember I, was, um, I met him in a beautiful villa and we were chatting. I said, what are you into at the moment? And he said, I'm all in on something. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, I'm all in. Everything I have, I'm in on this. Oof. I was like, what is this? Because he doesn't do that. He's not, he, he's not, he doesn't just jump. Yeah. But he jumped and I said, and he goes, there's a thing called Bitcoin. <clears throat> and he started to explain, he talked to, you know, shit coins as well. Mm-hmm. But he, he talked about Bitcoin as the king and it, it needs to work for the others to work. And Bitcoin's the king. And so you need to respect the king. Um, and uh, I got, my hairs went up. I knew when he said Bitcoin that there was, this was it. I had that much awareness that when he said Bitcoin, I said, this is it. I don't know what it is, but I knew that everything I've been working for was for this moment. Your intuition was was coming on. Yeah, it just told me. Yeah, it told me this was it. And he said, the the only thing is that the amount that you value, you'll only be able to hold it to the amount you value yourself. Or that you, something along the lines of, you have to put the time in to understand it. Uh, to v- to understand its value, otherwise you won't be able to hold the value. And I, I thought yeah, that was, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, th- this is uh, a very smart guy, and that's truthful. I understand that now. Like you can, 
people, their understanding of value and how valuable they perceive themselves, it's at that point that they can um, access Bitcoin and understand it and be able to hold it. Because you, you, you and I know that the, the drops, ups and downs, the bear markets, um, people that don't value it sell it. Yeah. They don't understand it, the value. And so anyway, he told me that and I understood what he said there. And then I went away and, well, immediately started buying. I bought some the same day. <laughs> but that was almost like I kind of uh, intuitively knew that this guy was giving me the most valuable information. And then I, uh, you said, how long did it take for me to understand how it, you know, the complex, how, how it spread into all areas of my life. Mm. It took, you know, um, yeah, I was researching it like uh, five, six hours a day um, <laughs> yep. for, the, for the first year, you know, yeah. I went into it like everyone does. And I started to see the sim. Uh, you know, list, uh, reading the Bitcoin Standard, listening to Michael Saylor and other Michael Saylor there when they go in, into the philo philosophical part of it and the, how it changes um, complex systems. I, I just started to get really um, um, excited about the that sort of non-doing of Bitcoin, this yin, the yin feminine non-doing, this thing that just ticks over and does nothing, but it, it, it does everything. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Taoist Wu Wei, right I started, I was like, holy shit, this, this thing's in, it's a discovery. It's the space in the vase. It, it is the space in the vase. It's the, <clears throat> it, it's something that, uh, does nothing but changes everything. When you start understanding the principles of what kind of energy and the universe, for me, it just went, I was like, oh, I'm so bullish on this. <laughs> like, to the point where it's like, uh, will the sun rise the next day? Yes. Does the grass grow? Yes. Does Bitcoin do? You know, the, will it change people? Yeah. It's like a magnetic force. Eh? So I'm kind of, uh, I'm not even bullish. It's to the point where it's sort of inevitable. But I'm new. I'm not. I'm not like. Oh my god, number go up. I'm just like wow, in awe of this um, technology and and how it's sort of like metaphysical. That's where I'm in awe. That's really cool, man. Have you ever read any um, any of Robert Persig's work in and around? Zen no. Yeah. Motorcycle Maintenance. Oh, and um, I'm aware of it. Yeah. 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 Well, those two books are great and everything. There's a, there's a narrative, but there's actually a, a, a book that, because he was trying to articulate a, 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 an evolution of thinking, of cognition, a, a philosophy that uh, could encompass this, uh, what is it, Kantian um, idea of yeah. subject-object or, or Plato's subject-object and fit it into this, um, notion of static and dynamic quality, which he calls the metaphysics of quality. And it's a container oh. that contains the subject-object duality, right? And yes. I first heard about this stuff uh, through, you know, Rob Breedlove and his podcast with Mike Hill. Love him. And kind of yeah. dove down that. But there's, there's a there's a compilation of, of 
Persig's works of Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance and Leela, plus a bunch of lectures and other things that he'd done. And they've put it all in this book to sort of clearly articulate his philosophy of quality. And quality is this undefinable term, uh, but you know it when you see it. And it's kind of like spirit. And mm-hmm. it sits above if you have like this sort of triangle, you know, uh, yeah. you have like spirit at the top and then mind matter underneath or quality yeah. at the at the top and subject object underneath. And this this notion of um, of quality aligns with, he talks about it, 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 it as patterns, like patterns of static and dynamic quality. Static mm. quality is kind of like the Bible. It's set in stone, it's lindy, it's been around for years, or it's, you know, the bare basics of, of warfare or any of these sorts of traditions, rituals, things that we have ingrained within our civilization over centuries, millennia, that's the static patterns of quality. And every now and again, they get disrupted or mm. challenged by these dynamic patterns of quality. And I was listening to some Alan Watts uh, lectures the other day, and he was talking about energy as a pattern, or rather pattern mm. and energy are the same thing. Mm. And I was just like, anyway, I'm, I'm trying to put all this stuff in my brain, but to, all that is awesome. to say is like the, what you're saying and, and how I'm thinking about Bitcoin um, nowadays is this sort of, it's it's this because it's just a neutral protocol to help us transfer value across space and time, right? It doesn't do anything other than just be. And then we imbue a philosophy or a thing, a meaning or whatever it is onto it. We act in and around this thing. But in just doing the job as in the space in the vase, that's what gives the vase function or even the, uh, what is the thing in the, in the Tao Te Ching? It's the, the spokes in the wheel. Or that mm-hmm. the space is in the wheel. That's the thing that yeah. actually is the wheel. It's not the the spokes themselves. But this notion of <laughs> Bitcoin yeah. ushering in like an a new age of of quality, like of quality life, of quality mind, of quality body, spirit, and it's almost like it it is a it is a conduit for us to be able to live up to our duty of quality as human beings, if you know what I mean, like just mm. yeah, yeah. being of service to quality, putting quality into the world in whatever manner that is and totally undefinable. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Beautiful. No, no, I, I, I was learning there. I was listening. <laughs> I appreciate that. I was learning. Um, I'm not as in, you know, those guys, logical intelligence. I, um, I can only um, just read their stuff because it's amazing that I'm just very simple in my observation. When you say um, some of the things you're saying that were beautiful. Um, I love the Tao Te Ching. It's my favorite book. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, resonates really nicely with, with uh, my ATIQ. It's so confusing <laughs> the, though. The, hey, like it's just cause it's full yeah, of oh, contradictions and you have it to. It is, but so is, so is the, the, our perception and uh, the duality is there. I was just going to the, the quality, uh, you, you said, um, I, 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 I wrote down quality, but just it, 
my the way I see it is that Bitcoin 100% is going to change us. Um, the only way to change the world is by non-doing. So in some roundabout sneaky way, you insert <laughs> something that, yeah, there's that, which is uh, remarkable. And then for me, it's always, been, and maybe I'm incorrect, but for me, it's almost like Bitcoin's the orange pill that leads to the red pill. And the red pill is that um, our logical minds, the way they work, are, are incredible, but they are um, conditioned. We, we have all of humans conditioning inside of us. Like a, the software that runs us is from centuries yeah. of, of, of the worst and, and the best. And so what we, uh, the, the, I keep coming back to that quality. I can't remember what you said. But for me, the, it's almost like the spirit is the light. Mm-hmm. And then it passes through the frame, which, which are the hamster wheels. And when you, my, my model of the hamster wheels is just developed through observation. And it, it fits everyone. So it kind of works the way the hamster wheel, a hamster wheel works is that uh, it's in duality. Mm-hmm. So uh, the more you try and gain, the more you lose. Um, the more you try and shape your life or others using your mind, the logic, the moment you step into the mind, the opposite is there. That's the problem with the logic. So I work with the most logical, intelligent people, right. but they're absolutely wrecked by their mind, and which is why most philosophers kill themselves. If you look at these books and at the start and say, yeah, he killed himself in, it's not exactly, <laughs> uh, you know, like the the best forward like you read this you're gonna get you're gonna tie yourself up like a pretzel because the mind doesn't um, a centralized system you can't change a, the system from within the system jeff booth right yeah so that's right uh, if you uh, that the hamster wheel the moment you step in to use your mind this the hamster wheel spins in the op- opposite direction that you want to go which is it keeps you in the same place and then flips the hamster wheel over or you go backwards when you're exhausted. John Carvalho uh, said to me once, um, information has weight. And I think you're going to those sort of that notion of the philosophers getting suicidal. They peer into the, into the void effectively and pass it and try and articulate it, discover some concept, some way of being and it just drives yeah. them nuts, and the information it does. crushes them effectively. And and, and like it's, it's a little bit like like when you do discover Bitcoin, and the veil is pulled back, and you know depending yeah. on how deep you want to go, it can spin you out because particularly if you have to interact with people that haven't yet discovered Bitcoin. They're a fucking downer, man, because all they do is just whinge to you about this, or someone should do that, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, and you're just like, bro, just buy some Bitcoin and read a book, please. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. nah, but, that's speculation. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's taking, it, it goes to the deeper, what you're doing there is you're asking people, um, their, their conditioned mind is to not to take responsibility. Right. Like right. to take responsibility is to full responsibility for your reality is understanding that you create it and that you can't blame anyone else. That, that's where the point that, we, that we're getting to. So, philosophers what they're doing is trying to understand reality life so they're trying to control it 
the, the, the control is that trying to understand it, which control, so yes, they have control yes, over their life. Yes. But at the same time, you can't because you're using a mind which can only see one side of the uh, equation. It's just, and, and so they, the, the uncontrolled comes. Um, yeah. This go, like I had a client recently, like this, this might sound crazy. The more you're, so hamster wheel on the right are the people who like to win to do is the masculine traits to um to to very able they they love to do they don't like to be unable they can't not do mm-hmm. and then there are the other people on the other side on the left who are comfortable with non-doing but they're they're more lacking in confidence and they're introverts um and and they feel they're not good enough the michael jordan's on the right yeah he, like extreme on the right but what happens is those people on the right that try and they control everything and they're, they're that masculine, they, they pull something in on the left to balance themselves out. Literally through their frame, they pull in because of the energy. And this, you, you might not agree with this uh, and listeners, but this is my experience. So I'm just telling you what I see with my clients. Mm-hmm. They'll pull in something where they can't fight it. They can't win. And the things that they can't win are things that are uh, like illness. So a lot of the clients who who have cancer that I work with, it's uh, it's they're usually that personality type, and they want to fight it. They want to fight the cancer like they normally do, but they they just reinforce the the their unableness and their helplessness. And so they have to step into that feminine and understand it. And so with Bitcoin, I think it balances, uh, not, al- not always, but to a certain degree, because uh, the ego can't attach itself to it. You, it get, spits you out. You can't control it. You can't, you know, there are certain people who ride on top of it and they, they try and, you know, become part of it. Like I'm the... I, you know, I like Max Kaiser, but he's calling himself the high priest. Or, so it, it, you're trying to gain a certain level of status. Mm-hmm. Or lots of people are, right? And then it just flicks them over and spits them out because it does, no, Bitcoin needs no one. There's no ego to hook onto. Um, so it, in that respect, it, it makes people feel unable and there are a lot of the, um, you know, the economists and bankers and everything. They know that deep down yeah. that this thing, they they lose all of their power and status with this thing, and they won't. They'll fight that till the end. They lose they, relevancy. They won't accept it. Hundred percent. You know, they're not relevant and they're, anymore. And no, they they and they. Uh, and that takes some humbleness when you realize that with my work, yeah, I, I'm good at seeing patterns and stuff, but the, the person's the one who's changing. They're, they're, they're their own authority. I'm just guiding them, and, and I love what I do. Craig Wright, you know, <laughs> if I'm following that case at the moment because it's fascinating. He's, he's just, um, for me, like a Walter Mitty. He, he's so, like, un- unconsciously, wants to be that special person yeah that he he's he's all in and he doesn't know i'm pretty sure he you could call it mental illness but i don't think he's 
he I think he believes the story he weaves yeah. is just massively in denial. He's so like he he's doubled down so hardcore in that context. Yeah. But it's kind of like with the COVID stuff is the admission of of getting it wrong. There's just been hardly any of it, and. I mean, not not even from public figures, but even just like intimate friends, family members, like there's no mere culpa because it's so difficult to look in the mirror and admit that you fucked up and it's on you and you need to take responsibility. You were, you were, you were were kind of, yeah, you were wrong. You were tricked. You lack discipline. You You know, Jocko talks about that, like extreme ownership and discipline and, and taking responsibility for things beyond, you yeah. know, just, just yourself. And, but, and I would just, yeah, yeah take, to take, so I, I'm, yeah, it's kind of incredible. Um, like my family don't, I'm not allowed to talk about it anymore. It's done with, like, they don't want to, they don't want to know any more about it. It's too painful. So yeah, that, wow. that, that's, um, denial is not, uh, is when you can't look at something because it's too emotionally painful. And it, it will fester, so, right? It, it's like yes. at some yeah. point, it, it w- this rot will take hold and, and it will spread. It's like Inevitable, a gangrenous right? finger it, that spreads yeah. throughout the whole rest will, of the body. That's why the truth always comes through, right? That idea. Right on. The light. The, the, and, um, yeah. Uh, coming back to that word discipline, I, I, um, when you do something you enjoy, and when you're uh, when you uh, take full responsibility of your life, so you you know you you know the rules, and you know that it's all about finding the truth. There's no discipline. I, th- there's no need. For, discipline comes from the mind, because you're trying to gain something, but there's deep unconscious, which is stopping you, rendering you sort of maybe the word lazy. Uh, Joe Rogan talks about discipline the whole time. I was listening to him a couple of days ago, and he's saying, you know, you have to be so disciplined. disciplined. I know that anyone who talks about that, there's laziness within them. And he admitted it on the, on the call. He said, oh, my God, I'm so lazy. Yeah. I'm so lazy. So there's a, th- these conditioned patterns we have in us. When I work with someone who says they have no discipline or they're not motivated or they're lazy, it's just faulty programming. And, and when you resolve it, there's uh, energy just flows and you do or you don't. Like mm-hmm. I do or I don't. There's no need for discipline. I go to jujitsu because I want to. I don't need discipline. And you could say, well, what about the days where you're tired? Then I don't go. But then if in my head it says you should go, you're being lazy, that's conditioning and you're not free. So there can never be freedom with discipline. And that's where I'm probably, um, I know there, <laughs> I've read his book, I love it, but he, he says things like uh, discipline equals freedom. Yeah, but, I, I um, agree with you, you though, man. Because you do get, you, you guilt trip yourself a, into like, fuck it, I'm going to just sit on the couch for five minutes or whatever. And if you do that. Or, and, or you're sick and then you, you force yourself. But who's doing the forcing? Yeah. You're not free. You're for, uh, the, the, I, I work with a, uh, a very high-level uh, young lady who, who's yeah, is brilliant. 
And she was uh, very quickly, uh, I said to her, I said, from what you're saying, you're not free. And she goes, no, the expectation on me since I was a little girl, I'm like, I bet I said, I bet you're disciplined. She said, I have to be. The yeah, expectations right. are so high. I said, but you're not free, are you? And she, like, she didn't break down, which it happens sometimes, but you could tell the energy in the room completely shifted and she uh, opened up about, yeah, and any of these documentaries you see about high achievers, they're, you, they, they, you know, to the outside world, like, wow, they're so disciplined. No, they're completely addicted. I think perhaps that discipline is coming from a coercive context rather than a voluntary one. If they were voluntary, voluntarily disciplined, uh, then you have that optionality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what is voluntary discipline? Well, it's like what you're saying. You know, you you don't feel like going to jujitsu. Don't beat yourself up about it. I mean, if you did it a couple of times in a row and it became a pattern. Yeah. Right. But well, then, then you're not twice. being truthful. Right on. And then that's, you're not. So, yeah. so if you're truthful, let, let's look at the jujitsu. If I say I want to train four times a week or I want to improve my skill set to purple belt by the end of this year, that's my goal. Why? Well, because I want to, not because I'm trying to gain status. Remember, I, I'm saying, like, if that's my goal, just because I'm setting a goal because I want to achieve it. Not doing it for yourself, for any, not for anyone else. Just for myself. Like, I want to do, yeah, I'll do. I th- because it's kind of more efficient than just going along with it. That's truthful. It, it is more efficient if you set goals and you work on specific skill sets to improve. Ella, Dan, um, Danaha, the jiu-jitsu guy. So, and then if I don't go, then I'm not being truthful. I, I should be saying, well, maybe that's not what I want. But mm-hmm. if it is what I want, then it's because I enjoy it. But it, what will happen if you look closely is you've set a goal. You, you want to do it because you want to gain something, another uh, value being seen as valuable status, belonging. You, you're trying to gain a need that's not being met. Um, and then you will not do the goal. But if you're very truthful, you say, yeah, this is what I want to do because I enjoy it, you'll do it. Do you see the difference? There's no discipline. It's just being truthful and honest. Yeah, okay, interesting. It, it's subtle. You just need to look at the – watch very closely and observe the thoughts, and you'll see that something that you set as a goal, you don't do it, and you start needing discipline is because there's an unmet need, and you're, the hamster wheel's spinning, and you're, you're getting the opposite of the unmet need or the initial driver of the unmet need. Wow. It's, it's very subtle. Very, very, nu- very nuanced. Um, yeah. It, it, it sort There's of, no discipline needed with Bitcoin, though. No. It just, uh, no. It, it just does. It just Bitcoin is, and you itself, either participate or you it, don't. You opt in or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. And you right. could say you need discipline in holding it but that's what does that mean like if you know if you have done the work to understand the truth of the value of bitcoin there's no discipline to hold it you know you you, if you have the best cake this is a shit analogy sometimes i come up with really bad analogies (laughs) but if you have like let's say you you're at a sneaker conference and you have Michael Jordan's 
um, sh- trainers from when he won, you know, when he did that best slam dunk or something. He, you got those and they're signed. Um, you don't you don't need to have discipline to hold on to them in that conference unless someone comes in with a value equal to them that mm-hmm. you're you know if you want fiat and equal let's say someone comes in with 10 million if the value is what you're looking for then you you let go of them but if not you're not going to have to have discipline to hold on to them you know that they're the most valuable things in the room it's it's like it's like comparing yourself that's comparison is the thief of joy right uh, yeah like the you- thief of joy is our mind it's it's all the deep conditioning and the conditioning that makes of us the mind. think we're not enough. The conditioning inside the mind. So when I talk about the mind, it's my understanding of observing the thoughts that come up in my mind that I don't control. And you neuroscience guys will say, oh, the consciousness is in the brain. Um, I no, not from my observation of my mind. So I just see it like this thing. Called, I call it the mind, where all my thoughts come up. And I see that they're, when I really observe them, um, they're, they're glitchy. They keep they're the same pattern spinning again from, and I know where they're coming from, which is tr- a childhood. Yes. I haven't gone into the energy work that I do, which is crazy. But So looking at the model, if you imagine, you remember you said that triad of mind, body, spirit. Yep. It, the way I see it is the light comes through the frame, which is the hamster wheel. The hamster wheel is the deep operating system, and it creates your reality. How does it create your reality? Well, you start to watch that you're just going to have the same experiences again and again in just different people. You'll keep pulling in someone who lets you down. or um, And it, it's based on these hamster wheels. Um, you, you might be addicted to winning, or you might be addicted to always losing. In, you try and win, but you always sabotage, whatever. And then through the hamster wheel, it's like a frame on a window. The hamster wheel are like the dirt on the frame that makes you see the outside world a certain way. Some people's are really dusty and dark. Other people's, they're more open. And then the the light that goes through that frame, that shows up in your body. And it shows up in your reality, like things going wrong or you have a lot of pain in your body or things going wrong in your body. And so I can work on that. That's a one and a zero code. It's either switched on or off. And Qigong, Tai Chi, all, all, all those old um, Asian, uh, you know, Eastern practices are based on uh, energy and um, it's on or off, strong or weak. And so that, that model just, for me, is very simple. And then Bitcoin in in its way it's much is too big for my brain to understand fully but it seems to have come in and gone wow let's let's rattle this shit up let's knock everyone's frames and some people are holding on to their frames but when you put bitcoin into your frame and understand it it starts to clean the the window to understanding things and it's a process and it takes your whole life to see the truth of our reality you know you have to yeah you have to submit and hum and 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 humble yourself 
before it. I mean, once you once you start thinking along those terms, so obviously if you think beyond just the number go up tech and all of those other things, it, it becomes a bit of a, a, like a North Star for people. I know on the podcast, the numerous conversations, what are we up to, like 60-odd or something. Um, Sweet. A lot of people uh, discuss Bitcoin or think about Bitcoin as like an anchor or a foundation or a North Star, something that just is there and it's reliable. And then they can orient and calibrate their life and their mode of being, their, their, their way of being in the world around it. And it slowly okay. will encourage them. This is, this is kind of what I've sort of this thesis I'm starting to think in my brain is like it, it's like a it's like a propellant or an a, a, like sort of like a, a generator of enthusiasm for certain aspects of their life because it just frees them up with this this price appreciation, which increases purchasing power, which increases optionality, which then increases their ability to say yeah. no and not be economically beholden to certain things and eventually get to a point where they can pursue things that are of interest to them, you know, yes. and, and, and then enjoy and, and enjoy. enjoy. Right. And, and it's not to say like, it's just a pure ple- pursuit of pleasure. Because that would no. just be folly, but but pleasure, pleasure is not enjoyment. No, that's exactly right. There's got to be tension and friction and and all of the effort required to achieve. But that enjoyment that can be use stress. There's like two types of stress. You know, like there's the stress, which is a negative element of it, which can be debilitating, and then there's use stress, which is like an intrinsic form of motivation, which can actually sure. And I would say it's yeah. more that the enjoyment. I, I enjoy stressing my body in jiu-jitsu. Right. It, it, there's no effort. Yes, my, there is, I'm efforting, but because I enjoy it, it's not. Uh, so, you know, that idea that we're here to struggle and force, I think, um, you, as you said, you know, everything you said that it's going to propel, I mean, it's uh, moving us towards a life of enjoyment. And coming back to that self-directed learning, mm. we're conditioned on, onto a hamster wheel of um, uh, drive. Instruction drive from someone else or somewhere else. Instruction and drive, and we're compulsed. We're, we're all compulsive towards achievement. It's, we're conditioned that way as humans. And so it will deconstruct that hamster wheel of, uh, because you can just be and enjoy and be enough. That's what Bitcoin is enabling people. So it's, it's come in, um, and I think it will uh, drive uh, people into meditation, which needs yin energy of non-doing. But you do everything. But Bitcoin's going to show us that the, our frames are faulty, that all our conditioning's faulty, and in doing so, we'll come my North Star is observing my mind. So uh-huh. my, I, I just move into this observing my mind and I'm completely present. That's my North Star. So my, I have this analogy, like inside of me is like a bowl of water, very still. And so that's my North Star is stillness. And Bitcoin is also stillness, but I'll just stick with my analogy with the water inside. And when it starts to get stressed or anxious or whatever, 
I, I observe that and see why. And then it comes back to being still. That's my North Star. And so I think Bitcoin's come in as a, I, I don't really know how as that North Star for everyone of stillness. It's, it's certain and, and it's neutral. Uh, neutral energy is kind of the, where everything happens. The Taoists talked about it, the way. And yes. So it's coming in as like a, a, it is the way. And I think that will enable people to calm down and then to go inwards, observe their own behavior, change it, and that will change humans, uh, all humans. So the only way to change a system is to create another system. So the system that needs to be changed is, our, is the individual and how they think. So you're worried about the war, look at your own warring inside of you. You know, and take responsibility for everything you see in your life. And I think you can see that this, it's the same thing with Bitcoin. It's beautiful. Uh, it's too big for me to, for my 80 IQ brain, but I do see that there are incredible amount of similarities. It's just mind blowing. Bro, I'm sitting over here at 60 and I'm just like, like awestruck at the, the conversations that I get to have. I'm 60. I think I'm down there too, mate. And we're, I'm down with you. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. I, I, just, I love it. The view's great. You know, like everything is just, uh, it's like a hamster every morning. The sun comes up and you're like, what the fuck is that thing? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> every yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. That's, and you enjoy it. Exactly. You enjoy life when the, the logical mind, we, we hold it up as the highest. Uh, we, you know, we put it on a pedestal, whereas it's something that needs to be used like a servant. You, you know that I saw someone said that, and if it was Einstein or someone said, um, the 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 logical mind should be the servant and the intuition should be the king. Yes. But oh, yes. The, the world has been taken over by logical mind and the experts and science as the king, and they have no fucking idea how complex the whole thing is, the body, the mind, the spirit. Man. And so we need to hold up our intuition as king. And the mind is the servant to be used. It's so bang on, man. Because like science is catching up to a lot of this stuff that uh, meditators, philosophers, the Tao was talking about thousands of years ago. I mean, I've been listening to a bunch of lectures by Steiner recently, and he was talking about things to do with the heart and the body and obviously mind and soul and stuff and a lot of this stuff you you connect it with something like joe dispenza dr joe dispenza who nizomi yeah. um put me onto, and he uses the mind and it involves but he he was couching it in like neuroscience is catching up to this shit that people were thinking about like thousands of years ago and as as you've just said the what what is it the emissary the the, the what's that book um master and its emissary or something and uh-huh. yeah as we said with like logic is is trumping everything and yet it's not the way the way is intuition no, isn't the way. Yeah. and you have to yeah. listen it's almost and like it, your, your <laughs> gut overrides your brain and you just have to let yeah. that come to the fore yeah man we haven't even then, really par- touched on bitcoin yeah, this is par- <laughs> yeah if parasites uh, in our body control our minds then that's a whole different topic but um yeah so we have to look after our bodies um if you're listening to steiner mate you're 140 iq because as uh, steiner's like wow what a what an incredible individual he was 
Oh, I'm blown away by his stuff, man. I, w- I certainly wouldn't agree with you with the 140 stuff, but man, like I've always been told that his stuff's really difficult to to pass, and yes, it is. Um, particularly yeah. some of the more um, esoteric and clairvoyant, yeah. anthroposophical stuff. But his yeah. his basic grounding in the philosophy of freedom uh, is yeah. very simple. It's cultivate cognition. Um, place an yeah. emphasis on the human being as a thinking individual that is in the world, in the universe, experiencing it as it experiences nice. us and effectively tap into that cognition and will yourself to evolve that, um, that thinking. It's like, like Goethe yeah. talks about the human being as an instrument to measure the universe with. In whatever capacity, oh. and you sort of oh. you calibrate yourself oh. with the universe, and that's the reason why we have these yeah. organs of perception: our eyes, our ears, yeah. our mind. Great frame, what a you frame. know? That's it, man. And like, honestly, his 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 stuff's pretty damn compelling, and it's it's actually quite strange to me that it hasn't been picked up. You know, even like well, I, who I was thought, the last guy you sent? Um, what's it? Oh, Persig, yeah, Robert Persig. Same, same kind of deal, man. Like, I mean, these two books. Most you of them, said that as Steiner. You said Steiner and and Robert someone. Persig. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, cool. the, the, I think there's some overlap between them, and I've been trying to pass it um, over the last few weeks. But I, I, I'm sort of, I, I heard this this thing that Alan Watts was talking about too, with patterns and energy and stuff, and. Even even chatting to, to Bitcoiners, like we had Brisket on. Uh, on a, uh, he's a he's a uh-huh. fellow Aussie Bitcoiner who talks about spirit. Yeah, I th- I think I've spoken with him. He's cool, man, and you know even yeah, the Zomi and like stuff. Him. And I just feel like Bitcoin is plugging into the consciousness of humanity, yeah. and it's and it's it's cal- recalibrating that instrument to bring into even more sharper oh. focus the frequency that we're all sort of vibrating on in the, in the universe, like this, this universal energy field that we're all just a part of. And yeah. I don't know, man, it's, that's it's, awesome. It's wild. That's awesome. I'm, I mean, I'm just listening to you learning, man. <laughs> I, I, I got a little bit of a meme coming into my head when you said, you said, uh, nah, I don't think I'm 140. Like you, and then you, you went into, um, well, Steiner was, and you came out with all of these words that I was like, oh, I'm just, here. I'm just repeating <laughs> shit, man, that I've heard. Ah, right. <laughs> you know, your home is fascinating what you're talking about. I, I, I think that like, man, if I had, that's, that's what I would leave without indulging myself too much here. But like, honestly, let's, let's fucking hit Bitcoin to the moon so that I can increase my optionality and just lock myself in a, in a study and, and just read this shit all day. That would be my, uh, yeah. that would be my thing. I want to, I want to, like, I do have a sort of set number of questions, but I love the fact that yeah, this sure. has just flowed so organically and, and, and beautifully, but I am also mindful of your time and I certainly don't want to take up too much of it. There's, there's at least two questions, possibly yeah. three that I wanted to sort of throw at you. And, and, and because these are, these are consistent questions within the podcast that tend to elicit a really cool response. So, okay. um, you know, maybe, yeah, I, mean, I just, I just love these conversations. I love the fact that I get like to speak to people like you, but anyway, let's veer it back to, I guess, the spine 
of of the Discovering Bitcoin podcast. So we've got Drogba up front, you know, Lampard in the middle, Terry, check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the yeah. spine of the podcast. Yeah. How has Discovering Bitcoin changed you? Oh, shit, there's a question. Oh, my God. It's, it has completely changed my work. Uh, my work, uh, how I work with my clients. Um, it has made me, um, it moved me from more of a spiritual way of almost like Web 3, <laughs> Web <laughs> 3.0, sort of spiritual, little, like I was all, I'm always very skeptical, so I only work with things that work. Mm -hmm. uh, with my clients but i was starting to see that certain clients their deep rooted nature wasn't changing i couldn't get the addicts they it, i'd work on them they get better and then they would come back so i started to go what is it deeper and at the same time i'm looking at how is bitcoin much deeper so that everything always parallels for me i don't know about you just it, you you're you're finding wherever you're looking you're learning about same thing, but it doesn't matter what you're looking at. If you're looking at the sea or Bitcoin, it's you're learning something at the same time. Totally. And so I started to look at this deeper aspect of um, uh, so with with Bitcoin, how it had uh, looking at how the money printer, you know, how that created uh, this system that was broken incentives. So it was constantly looking at the cause. And with my work, I started to look, what is the cause of people's nature and their behaviors? So at the same time, Bitcoin made me go deep into uh, observing my own behavior. Wow. And I, it's, it's almost difficult for me to, it's, it just happened at the same time. I went deeper in myself as I went deeper into Bitcoin. And then I went deeper in, into my clients. And then it changed the way I lived because... I started to look for where I wanted to live. Uh, I always wanted to have a, a wonderful, uh, what's valuable to me is my environment, uh, somewhere for my children to grow up. Yep. But the way I was thinking about my kids and the people I wanted to hang around with, uh, it started to become just Bitcoiners. Because really I can't, uh, you know how it is, you can't really talk to you start getting into conversation like I did yesterday with that lady yeah. about the housing prices, and I start going one way, and they look at me like I'm a, um, like I've got three heads. Yeah. But that's uh, with everything that I do. Like people say, "Oh, this," and I say, "Well, you know, that's because you've your deep conditioning and your behaviors. If you want to look at things truthfully, and you immediately start um, having less people around you." Does that make sense? So totally. It's a, a jarring truth. thing to hear. So, you yeah, truth maximalist. So, I can't, yeah. yeah, you can't talk to your family. Like, it's funny though, you think you can't. And then because you're changing, people change around you. So, my, um, my mum's changing. When she, she was a certain way, and I always thought she'd be that certain way. But the more I've changed, the more she changes in front of me. So for me, um, coming back to your question, like how did Bitcoin change me? Uh, it's just being a propeller, to use your word, for truth. And in doing so, it's propelled me to become much better at helping my clients find the truth. Wow. 
That's yeah, I think, I think fucking that's... amazing. Yeah. Man, no talking head on CNBC, Squawk Box, fucking Larry Fink, any of these prats. They're not going to – I mean, this – this like, honestly, that that kind of response blows my mind because it's just this piece of software, neutral protocol. I, I, the other thing <laughs> – I know. The other thing about it is me becoming a father, it's right. made me understand that I create my kids, as in I condition them. And I have to do the work on myself and take full responsibility for everything my child is. In a way, if they're playing up, it's because of, you know, I take responsibility for that because I'm not connected to them enough. Because I, the, my, I create my reality. And, and Bitcoin, when I observe it, if I'm checking the price, it's telling me that um, I'm caught in my mind and I'm looking for safety in the returns. Because wow. I'm not going to sell it. So, so big, you know, everything in my environment is reflecting back at me, my state of mind. Yeah. So, um, in that respect, yeah, I, I, I'll leave it there because I'll, I'll probably be thinking about that for a week now. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Me. Man, that's, 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 that's the, I think I just waffled. I'll never listen all. to that no, again. Because <laughs> No, that's that's the thing that honestly genuinely blows me away, and I think possibly opened me up to to going down the Steiner route because I always sort of dabbled in the biodynamic stuff for a long, long time, uh-huh. and yeah, yeah. never really touched any of the other stuff. But this, it, it, it literally is the facilitator for the cultivation of cognition. I, I've I've written a a written a yeah. piece that has been published on simply bitcoin but like it it's nice. it's the conduit for that it's 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 the lever to enable you to move yeah. the world sort of like uh what's that archimedes i think it is or something you know show me mm-hmm. a, give me a lever and i'll move the world or whatever but like yeah. it, it's just it gives everyone the power to do that to to go inside to go within work on yeah. on that cultivation of cognition and when you say how is discovering bitcoin change you and and people like seriously, a whole 180. I mean, the fact that it's enabled you, and, and, and again, couching it in the context of just you know neutral protocol on, on <laughs> that, that enables us yeah. to transfer value across space and time. Yeah, that's all it is. It's a piece of software, yeah. totally programmable, and yet it is doing things to human brains, to minds, to cognition, to consciousness itself that you, you can't even really articulate yet. And to then go into that conversation of like, well, house prices are going up exponentially in Madeira and elsewhere. And you say, well, that's because yeah. they print shit tons of money, like six trillion in the last, you know, 36 months or whatever. Uh, that just is a jarring thing to hear. And so you just retreat to, oh, yeah. did you catch the game last night? <laughs> you know, and, and for yeah. a Bitcoin that's done Michael's- the work, you're like, oof. <laughs> Uh, Michael Saylor, when he talks about it, it's like fire. Yes. Well, I, and, it, and I think he says it's much more important than fire. But it's a conduit for truth. Like, um, and to get to the truth is you need uh, cognition. Like, you need, to you need to really look at your own biases and behave. It's, so it's this truth bomb. <laughs> Maybe it, it, it's this discovery that... Its tentacles will go everywhere, and it goes into 
Um, and when we get switched on to the truth and truthful, uh, you know, um, the there's 21 million, right? And so we it's a ledger open source so we can see the truth. It's maths and physics and whatever. Then it, that you you can't understand that and not understand your nature, the, the truth of human conditioning. You can't. So you'll get pulled into it. You get sucked into this truth vortex and some people don't like to go in there like Nas, uh, Taleb yep. like, he, he almost went in and then realized that his ego would be shattered by it because it shatters everyone's um, e you know ego so a lot of people are like their fingernails are in but they'll get pulled in at some point it's inevitable oh, so it it's kind of like much bigger deal than than just um bitcoins you know like digital gold <laughs> it's crazy yeah i mean it's it's something else man and, and we're on the precipice of it and we get to live and experience and yeah. observe this transformation good times it's pretty extraordinary okay I, 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 i'm gonna skip over the next one and we're gonna cut straight to the chase and, and try and bring this into land okay what does bitcoin mean to you Oh, shit. There's a lot of uh, minds coming up here. What does Bitcoin mean to me? To me personally, um, it is uh, a place to store my energy that doesn't get diluted by the centralized system. So it's truth. Uh, I can verify it. It's, uh, it's much more, but I can't quite put words onto it. But I would say, for me, this idea of being able to store my hardened energy into something that doesn't get depreciated and devalued so my value i'm putting my value into something that holds the value truthfully and i can pass that on to my children is um it's something i can't really explain it's like a visceral feeling of something deep inside i think that's a human right and we it's it's like oxygen it's like everyone's underwater gasping and then there's it's somewhere where they can feel safe like a, a land where they you know I've, we've been watching castaway it's mm -hmm. it's like the island but you you want to be there and it, it's um so for me it's taken a lot of stress off um you know they, as with everyone and it's enabled me to be super calm and it's helped me to understand the truth in so many areas of my reality. And I'm thankful for everyone, you and everyone who has helped me understand things um, better, who I've drawn into my life and I'm very uh, grateful for. So, you know, uh, uh, that's kind of what it means to me, I think. That's awesome. That's so cool, man. Rob, uh, yeah, a mind-bending... Um... I don't know, meandering. I feel like uh, this were this is you indulged me in my ramblings of a think boy. I apologize to the listeners for um, <laughs> probably getting over my skis here, but I don't know, man. That was just a really uh, intellectually satisfying, not to sound like a wanker, but like it just. I got I got to tell you, like sometimes when I book these, you know, recording schedules. They're either super early in the morning or a little late at night. 
and you know you're not you're not in the best of spirits when you approach but yeah, you kind of focus you. yourself and get yourself ready and you know you can only do so much but once you actually start talking to a bitcoiner it is just like juice as peter dunworth says it's energy and it and it just yeah. i i feel like elated now i'm going to i'm just going to mm. like we'll shut it down and i'll you know it, it's just, I thank you very much for making me feel that way and, and, and helping me to, um, yeah, just, just explore this thing deeper and deeper and, and, for, sh- and for telling us um, how you discovered Bitcoin and for sharing some of your scarce time and finite energy. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's well, it was, hey, DJ, it was my pleasure. And I learned loads like you're, you were educating me. So I'm like super grateful to have come on super like you've helped me to understand bitcoin better so i'm like (laughs) and also understand myself better so there's no such thing as coincidences it was you know i was meant to speak to you at this time i i'm very fortunate so thank you for inviting me (laughs) 